You are listening to the Anxiety Wad Podcast. And once I realized that I was in charge of my future by hacking into my habitual thinking, it changed the game for me. And what we try to do, you know, uh, with the show is just to share what has worked for people that um, I know or have worked with or have worked for me personally. I'm your host, Corey. Thank you for joining me on the Anxiety Wad Podcast. All right, we're off and running. Season 2, Episode 3. Thank you for joining me once again, everyone. I hope this uh, episode finds you doing well, chasing down some goals, having some peaceful days or peaceful minutes in between some of the anxiety and fear that you're feeling. Um, Today I want to talk a little bit about um, something that happened recently, and I'm sure you guys have heard about uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Now, some people really, really loved him. Some people hated him. And I really don't know... Uh, <laughs> of basketball fans that have any in between with him. And, you know, the reason being is he is such a fierce competitor. He really didn't have room for um, BS. And what I mean by that is like he was 100% all in to becoming the greatest basketball player ever. And I don't know if I've talked about that here as far as sport goes, but like when you invest all your time and effort, your mindset, everything that you do into becoming the greatest in anything, there's no balance. And when things are off balance, they rub people the wrong way. And I've been in that situation before. I I completely moved my life out to California. I think it was a little bit, uh, right around a year and a half, um, trying to chase down um, punting in the NFL. And I ended up sleeping on someone's couch. And then for a little while, I slept in someone's garage on a futon where all my clothes were (laughs) like stacked up on their garage shelf. Um, And then eventually I moved over to an apartment where there was four of us living in a two bedroom apartment. And so that's off balance from what's normal, but I was entirely invested. I was doing as much as I knew possible back in at that time with what I had uh, to give. Both, both physically and mentally. And, you know, hindsight, you know, they always say that hindsight's twenty twenty. but like mentally I was nowhere near being ready to play in the NFL. Now, if I would have gotten the opportunity, I probably could have, um, you know, grown from that, you know, growth kind of is forced when you get into high pressure situations. Uh, however, you know, at that time in my life, that's when my anxiety really started, um, more physical, uh, symptoms created it than, than mental, but I was 100% invested in this career path. And so once that, you know, kind of changed for me with my, um, I had a sudden flare up of my nerve, which that felt like it was in my chest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my life was so out of balance that I didn't know who I was away from sport. And the, the reason I come to that with, with Kobe Bryant is he's known for his work ethic And it's very admirable for people that chase goals and that are trying to accomplish big things in life. And, you know, now that he's passed and unfortunately passed with his daughter and being someone that has a daughter, you know, himself, I, 
I don't know. It kind of hit me a little weird. Um, I grew up watching him all the time, and um, you know, now that he's passed, they're going to look at his work ethic and study it, and it's going to become a thing. And for me, um, what hit me is is I kept asking myself, am I doing everything I can on a daily basis to get where I want to be? Now, recently, I'm, I've kind of started that process of doing some vision planning, um, you know, working with my coach and it popped back up and I hadn't really been doing that on a larger scale. It's more on a day to day. What do I want to do as, as a family man, as a dad, a husband, um, not so much professionally. I just, I haven't really done much of that. Um, but there was a, a quote that came up and I actually have it as my lock screen saver now. And it's, uh, it says, how long are you going to wait before you demand the best of yourself? And it was actually from daily stoic and it's from Epictetus and you know, the, not that I was not putting in my very best effort, but like when you look at someone like him, that is so focused on becoming the greatest at anything. It's like, you know, you can do more like, you know, I, I know I can do more on a daily basis and I've been doing more and more kind of a slow drip. But what I'm thinking about, and and you guys can let me know what you think about this, is that, you know, to, uh, Tony Robbins always talks about um, massive action, like fast, massive action on life changes. And I'm going to go on vacation here for about two weeks. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start writing down some of those things I can take massive action on, um, whether it's the triad, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, and see like what are those some of those things and and what I'm gonna do is write down the targets, not necessarily the process to get me there. Um, what seems to work best for me is is like let me see what I want to shoot at and then step back the process to where I'm at today, so I can write down those steps that's gonna get me to that end point. Um, and the, the thing with me and, and people that know me know this is true is like once I decide to do something, it's done. And, um, you know, with this, this recent journey I've been on for, for, uh, weight loss and leaning out, trying to get healthy. Um, I was like, I'm doing whatever she tells me to do. And we've been working through it and it's been, you know, since I actually have a picture at our box that it's, um, a competition about a year ago and I was 262 pounds. I went back and looked at my, my fitness pal and, you know, today I'm sitting here at about 232. So I've lost 30 pounds in a year. Um, but a majority of that weight loss was in the last two and a half months here. So, you know, it's, what are those things that I can do? Like I have just done for my physical health, um, you know, in my mental health and in my spiritual health, but then also in different aspects of my life as a father, as a husband, maybe career wise, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'm going to go kind of on this vision exploration and what a better place to do it than a place that I feel most like myself and that's Hawaii. So we're fortunate enough to have saved for the last three years to take another trip to Hawaii. Um, it's probably the place in, in the world that I've been that I feel most myself. Um, obviously like in my household, I, I'm, I'm me, but as far as there's just something different about it, I don't know how to explain it. It's, um, it's more of like a spiritual experience for me which may sound a little bit weird that a vacation can be a spiritual experience. But if you've ever been in those situations where there's, there's just a little bit something to a certain event, a certain place, a certain person, 
Um, you know, like when I met Lauren, my wife, like the first few times we hung out, I'm like, there's something different about this. Like, this seems like something that, um, I could handle for a long time and it didn't scare me. And, you know, flying has always been something that has scared me. But now like, I'm not, I haven't even thought about the flight and we leave Saturday morning, <laughs> which is like five days away from right now. I'm, I'm recording on a Monday and I'm gonna put this out on the same day. It's just, it's been a crazy few weeks to get ready for vacation as far as work and um, the opportunity to record. But like when there's something more to a situation, um, I think it's a little bit easier to do. And, and for me, like going to Hawaii, I know what that does for me um, mentally and spiritually. So that's kind of one of those situations. Like when I decide to do something, it's done. This is like, I'm, I'm deciding that Hawaii is going to be a great vacation to unplug, reboot. Um, but also this visioneering kind of thing that I'm doing, it's done. Like I'm not worried about the flight. I know I'll get through it. I have a little setup that I've talked about on a previous episode that I know I can get there. And now I'm, it's turned into this excitement, but what the excitement is bringing is ideas and ideas as far as like, what else can I be doing as far as output and action? You know, we, we tend to worry um, with anxiety about what might be coming. And the thing that I've found, and this works with my son and kids very well is, is changing that angst into excitement and just by vocalizing that and saying okay yeah it might be a little nervousness but nervous energy doesn't have to be negative it can be a positive thing but what happens is we get in this cycle and this habit of labeling nervous excitement as a negative we don't like the way it feels we don't like that little butterfly in our stomach but um, getting back to kobe like for me in sports i felt that but it came with confidence like it was like, I was amped up. It was like the last time I probably felt that, um, you know, with some CrossFit competitions, I felt that, but the last time I really felt like game day was when my kids were born. Like I was pumped. I'm like, I can't wait to meet these little kids. You know, what are they going to look like? You know, <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird experience, but like, that's the last time I felt that. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's just, I'm not living big enough. I'm not challenging myself enough enough, or I'm, I don't have big enough goals or I don't know. It, and it's not that I'm like distressed or, you know, upset or depressed or anything like that. It's just like, I'm 42 years old and I've accomplished a lot in my life and I've had some crazy, crazy experiences, you know, through sport, um, through travel and just meeting different people. And, you know, physically I've been through some crazy injuries and crazy surgeries, but I got maybe, you know, 45 years. What is that? make me math like 87. So maybe long, maybe 50 years left, but like, what am I going to do with the second half of my life here? And with things that happen, like losing an icon and a legend like Kobe Bryant, what, and this is a practice that you guys can get into too, with, with negative things that happen in your life is like, yeah, it's, um, terribly tragic. I feel for her, for uh, his wife and he has three other girls that, that are survived. And the other crazy thing is that, you know, he's, he's my younger brother's age and my younger brother has a daughter that's exactly the same age. And so it's tragic and it's just a terrible thing. But, you know, on top of like us not appreciate, appreciating people in their time when they're here with us 
as much as we would like. Um, one thing I noticed with the situation is that I flipped fairly quickly from um, the emotion of the tragedy and, and some of the shock to what am I going to learn from this situation? And it sounds kind of weird to say, but like, it, it's like, I've been doing that for long enough now that it becomes a habit that I don't even recognize until I was thinking about this particular situation. I do that with like, you know, when physical stuff pops up, I'm like, okay, what, what's my game plan? What's the next step? And, um, but with this, it's like, okay, what, what is the benefit I'm going to get from a tragedy? And I don't think we, I don't think that's a natural thing. I think that's something that I've, a skill that I've learned over the years by doing um, the habit of ping-ponging is what I call it, is taking such a negative thing and flipping it over to a positive. And that's what we need to be doing with our anxiety is, is learning to ping-pong. And I, I talk about this with my son a lot that, you know, he, he struggles with anxiety from time to time. And um, recently it's, it's been the stuff that surprises him because we're getting to the point where he, he can kind of plan ahead or um, we can talk about things. But like when the stuff surprises you, how are you able to ping pong from that negative, that fearful, that worrisome thought over to something that you can just find that one little nugget in your current situation that's going to pull you to a lighter mood? And the thing that, that that's going to benefit me out of this situation, and I don't know if benefits even the right word, but I think you guys know where I'm going is that this is going to invoke some like, okay, I'm pretty close to the same age. If I'm gone tomorrow, am I going to be able to hang my hat up on everything that I'm doing currently? Right. You know, tomorrow's not promised. So we got to focus on what we do each day to move the needle ahead to where we want to go. And I really didn't see that when I was, you know, back trying out and I was off balance, if you will, like I said, chasing um, the dream of the NFL. I, I didn't do everything I could. And so, like, I really don't have any regrets with that except for that one. And it only pops its head up when stuff like this happens where I'm looking at some of the greats. And I really don't have any regrets that I chased that, that I didn't go to graduate school like I had planned to do and that I didn't, you know, I was actually going to go to graduate school to become a physical therapist, which is probably not surprising to hardly any of you. But I, uh, I skipped that and went on and chased this dream. But now I don't regret it. I have no regrets in sports. Maybe that I shouldn't have played some games that I was injured, so I got injured even worse, but that's just like the competitor in me like taking over. That's just that's ingrained in who I am. And so after um, football was done and I had this identity of sport and this athlete, I really struggled to find what was going to take that place. And I, and I know a lot of people that are off balance when they're chasing something like that struggle with that with identity. And so I didn't get back up onto the place where I wanted to be until I started rebuilding that um, thought of who I actually was. Like, who am I with without this certain thing? And whatever that is for you in your life, that can be taken away from you tomorrow. It may not be the best thought to have, but what's your backup plan when you need to ping pong? So perfect example of this is right after my wife got cleared of cancer, it was a week later that we found out that I had skin cancer, right? And so if we hadn't been practicing some of that 
and made the best out of the situation she was in with cancer, like my situation would have been extremely hard to get through. And I've said this before, it's like, okay, what's the next step? What's the game plan? What do I need to get better? Um, but I had already laid the groundwork mentally and, and I've talked about the continuum. You know, I had gotten myself over to a point of happiness and past contentment, way past sadness that when that happened, you know, I was probably somewhere between contentment and sadness, but I recovered pretty quickly. You're still going to feel the emotions as you practice this ping-ponging and you're still going to feel um, sadness, happiness, worry, and all that stuff, but you're going to bounce back a lot faster. And that's why you do your day-to-day -day stuff. It's, it's laying the groundwork and br like brushing your teeth, right? Eventually you're going to go to the dentist and they're say, you don't have any ca cavities. I was going to say calories. <laughs> Boy, where's my mind at? I'm getting kind of hungry here, but you know, like you're laying the groundwork to have a good checkup, no cat, no cavities. And that's why you do it every day. It's good hygiene. Now, hygiene can work for your mind. What are you doing on a daily basis to help flip-flop those thoughts back and forth? When something comes up, you get a little tick in your body. Um, you feel a little off. You're a little worried. Like, what are you going to do to contrast that? Because unlike chasing something great, you need to find balance with your mental health. And you, I mean, it's a very cliche thing to say, but it rings true when it comes to anxiety. What are you doing to calm yourself down? And you, I know you guys have tried millions of things, but have you tried proactively working on writing down those things that you feel at time to time, from time to time that aren't actually happening right now? And then looking, okay, this is what I'm going to say when this thought arises. For me, it's like when my heart used to hurt, and it wasn't actually my heart, but I thought it was. It was, I had costochondritis, which is just like an inflammation in your rib cage. I would lean back on the fact that I had had pretty much every diagnostic test you can have with no results. And so I would be like, yep, there it is. I'm going to have a heart attack and be like, nope, nope, nope. You've got it checked out. Your heart's healthy. Right now, you're scared. The adrenaline's going, but you've gotten it checked out. Two seconds later, oh, oh, heart attack. Like, nope, nope, reset. And so I would write these down and I would pull them out when I was getting anxious. And I was proactively writing these things down. And it's, it's, I wish I could explain it a little bit better, but it's like um, getting better. And I'll just keep with the sports analogy here, but like getting better at your jump shot in basketball. If you just do it once and you keep missing the same way and you don't change anything, you're just going to keep missing. But if you shoot it, tweak a little bit, shoot it, tweak a little bit, shoot it, start making it. And then you're like, okay, that's how I make it. No, I'm just going to kind of repeat what I figured out there over and over and over and over and over and over and over until it becomes natural. And then when something tragic happens, i.e. Kobe, Kobe Bryant, it's going to flip to what am I going to learn from this situation? Does that make sense? So it's constantly tweaking or ping-ponging, as I said, back and forth, <laughs> right? To like positive to negative, negative to positive, positive to negative, negative to positive, and going back and forth and finding that balance in your mental health that is going to create this balance in your life of when, you know, the you-know-what hits the fan, you're going to be okay. We spend so much time worrying and trying to prevent and control things from coming down the, the pipeline from stopping us in our tracks that... We don't stop and say, I'm going to practice 
dealing with this stuff when I don't actually feel it. Now, we don't want to always go to those places, those scary places, but when you go to them and you're in control versus when they sneak up on you, they're easier to deal with. Like when I would go in my mind, I'd be like, okay, I got a doctor's appointment coming up. How am I going to deal with that? Because I knew that I'd have to go get an x-ray or go get a CT scan or get an MRI, which I hate. I'm claustrophobic. Be like, well, you have a 100% success rate of getting through all of them so far. They're going to suck, but you can do it, right? And it was just like little thoughts like that that would kind of tweak my mind. Or it's like, you know what? You've done some fearless stuff in your life. You know, you've jumped off a bridge that was 30 feet high. Sorry, mom. <laughs> you probably don't know about that one. But, uh, you know, it's like you've done some fearless stuff. You can handle this. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Because what's happened so far is you've had all these fearful thoughts. They outweigh the positive thoughts. Seems too simple, right? But it's like, I'm scared. Well, I'm brave. Bravery isn't the absence of fear. It's doing things when you're afraid. Motivation isn't bubbles and rainbows. It's forcing yourself to go do something when you don't want to do it. So motivate yourself to be brave. It's not going to be perfect. There is no right time to start doing this stuff. The right time is right now. It's the only time in your life that you ever live is right now. And so my hope for you is that you develop a routine in your daily life to find balance in your mental health. My heart goes out to you if you're living in fear, you're living with worry, whatever that may be in your life that is causing that. Better yet, whatever is in your life that you think is causing that. Because the truth of the matter is, it's your thoughts that is causing that anxiety. Nothing else. Once you can figure out how to consistently tweak your thoughts in the moment, moment by moment, you're going to win. Repetition of changing thoughts is how you beat this stuff, guys. That's the non-secret secret. I know it seems very simplified, and I used to hate when people would oversimplify what I was feeling because it is so strong and so real. I have felt those things, and I would not try to simplify it for you if I wasn't someone that has been in the same situation. But being far removed from it, I was thinking too complex. I was thinking too serious. I was thinking there has to be this one thing that comes into my life to change this for me. When in reality, I had the power the whole time to change it at any time. Everything you need to fix your anxiety right now, you already have. It's just you have to practice over and over. Tweak it. Do it again. Do it again. Tweak it. Tweak it. Do it again. Do it again. Over and over and over and over and over. I say that so much. I'm trying to drive home a point. Right? Kobe Bryant used to shoot a thousand shots a day. Every day. Even when he was in the NBA. Okay, so not just a thousand shots, a thousand jump shots. Then he would shoot a thousand free throws, and then he would shoot a thousand three pointers every day. And that's how he became the greatest. So if you want to fix your anxiety, find some imbalance in your practice to gain balance in your life. To become great at your mental health, you have to be obsessively willing to be proactive 
and changing your life for the better. It all starts with your thoughts and it ends with your thoughts. Does that make sense? <laughs> so I hope that helps. It's kind of just a long rambling, but um, yeah, it, it it's very interesting right now of the headspace that I'm in. And it, it's surprising because I wasn't really a big fan of his until I learned more about his work ethic. You know, I just, I didn't like his persona. Um, he just kind of seemed like an ornery, angry competitor, but he was just that he was a fierce competitor. And so if you start to be fierce in gaining, um, an edge on your mental health, your proactive approach to developing the skills to curb and manage your anxiety is what your focus needs to be on multiple times a day in the moment, every moment. It's just like becoming great at any kind of lifting movement in the gym. You got to practice it outside of normal class. You know, if you want to get better at doing a snatch, get a broomstick, start doing it at home, buy a piece of PVC from Menards, bring it home, work on your drills, skills and drills. It's how you get better at sport. It's how you get better at life. It's how you get better at anything that you want to learn and improve in your life is repetition through skills and drills. So I think that's great. You could probably hear my kids in the background. They're playing in the garage right now, <laughs> but no worries, man. They're having fun. So anyways, that's it for this episode. Um, if you got any questions, please send them my way, anxietywad at gmail.com or submit them through the website, which is anxietywad at, or no wait, anxietywad.com. Yeah, my brain's already in Hawaii. I apologize. So keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out, I promise. Have a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. We'll see you later.